Chapter 58 New Life It was a matter of moments for Duchess Wayne and her people to prepare to return to Talon. Spatial storage helped, but they hadn't been carrying much, to begin with, when they had been forced into the dungeon. What little they had had, they were forced to stretch or supplement with items and resources they could scavenge from CERN. The Scytherin had helped alleviate some of those concerns. It was capable of growing the food that would sustain them. Still, they were still forced to forego meat. The Scytherin hadn't come equipped with herd animals or livestock. Additionally, the Knockers had been instructed not to kill any of the earthlings that inhabited the dungeon. Nothing that might alarm or alert the dungeon's denizens. Although certain humans had no magic, they did have weapons of iron, and with Wi-Fi technology, the Conclave that had access to the rest of the planet could access a plethora of those iron weapons. If battle began, it would be a protracted, messy affair, even without the dungeon mechanics of respawn. The sea would be forced to use powerful spells that would all but destroy CERN if iron weapons were brought into play and deployed. It had been decided that the humans were far more useful as captives, slaves that could be transported through the portal, where their expertise could be used. Additionally, the few that had been killed early had only dropped jewelry and electronics, not much else, and nothing that could be scavenged without killing or alarming the CERN security forces. The lack of meat was a problem. Although some of the sea were not averse to eating sentient beings, the knockers were not part of that group. But the vermin and wildlife that were trapped near the Scytherin entrance were only able to provide the minimum requirement. That no real hunter was among those knockers stranded only confounded the problem. Knockers were legendary tinkers, so most of Duchess Wayne's people had been deployed as collectors or researchers, spies that had accumulated electronics, mostly computers, laptops, and cell phones, and found unique ways to tinker with those devices, experiments that had resulted in Wi-Fi adapted and able to be powered by magic. But this was not their primary concern. They were meant to gather information and CERN made the collection and transportation of knowledge straightforward. Entire libraries were downloaded and stored on flash drives, the sum total of man's knowledge saved to CD, and readily transported to Talum. There were less than 50 members of the Wayne household when she and her people transitioned. No adolescence, no one that had not ascended. Duchess Wayne's daughter had been the youngest member of the group, and even she had reached her majority. It was one of the reasons they had searched for fresh lands. They wanted to put down roots and build a thriving community. She had been chosen by the Knocker Monarchs and given permission to search out fresh opportunities for her and her people not long after ranking up to Duchess. But, Finding unspoiled or unclaimed lands was formidable. Even discounting Seely and unseely factions' disputes and squabbles. 
She had begun to wonder if the knocker monarch had meant to reward her new rank or punish her. One less ranked to be concerned with, while on a fruitless search for a place to claim. Whatever the reason, it had turned out to be a journey filled with dire repercussions. Most of their wealth was lost. Her daughter was taken hostage, and she was forced to deplete her magics to create a cithern that was born crippled. Magic that could never be replaced. See who gained the rank of duke were not capable of forming a fully functioning cithern. By making the attempt, she had been forced to channel her entire house's magic to ensure success, burning out those channels of creation that dealt with cithern construction in the process. Her only attempt, a desperate bid for safety that had succeeded, even flawed as the cithern had been, it had been enough to provide food and safety. The Volar Fae that remained were responding to the imminent closing of the Scythern in a most unusual fashion. They were spinning individual cocoons, entering hibernation. As they settled in, deciding to remain within the safety of the Scythern, a seed would soon form, and they would be part of that seed. They would need to draw on some of the stored energy while waiting for the Scythern to regrow. Although the endosperm that would be created was steeped in both magical and divine energies, that energy was finite. There would be enough stored to nourish both the Scythern and the colony of Volar Fae. I did wonder if they would metamorphosize into new forms after their cocoons opened, but thought it unlikely. They were already winged and beautifully colored. It would be hard to improve on the perfection that they had already achieved in form and function. Perhaps they would be able to increase levels, or ranks as part of the transitional process. They were being forced to endure. Something to worry about after we had returned to Talum, and I found a place to locate and plant the Scythern seed. I would like to stay together. I informed Duchess Wayne, choosing to focus on the now and leave the future to care for itself. And the immediate concern was ferrying these people back home. I know we're all capable of opening an individual teleport to the Summerlands, but would we enter in the same general location? I asked. Unlikely, Wayne informed me. Individual teleports are created based on the biofeedback, level, and rank of the individual. This would mean that they won't transition into lava pools if they are not capable of withstanding the heat, and they also won't find themselves teleported into heavy-trafficked areas by beings that can kill them easily. Plus, you know how the Summerlands can mess with time. If we all entered separately, it is possible we would be translocated across time as well as space, each of us arriving at a different when as well as where. Rank lords and above are able to open portals that allow saved locations to be shared. These areas are usually pretty benign, temperate weather, not many native life forms, and an environment that is endurable for a wide cross-section of sea. 
Has your research into Wi-Fi technology altered those conditions in any way? I wondered. The variables have all remained constant. The only effect we have been able to identify Wi-Fi has on summer lands concerns permission protocols. Anyone in possession of one of those devices can ignore the prohibition for passage, she answered. We haven't been able to study if the environmental and biofeedback protocols are tested before passage. That was being studied elsewhere. I would hazard to guess that the restrictions and safeguards are still in place. I'm sure if the portals opened using Wi-Fi meant travellers were dropping into pools of lava. I would have been informed if only to find a solution. There was too much excitement, too many demands that we scavenge and collect Wi-Fi capable devices for there to be any real danger. At least, nothing that wasn't easily resolved. There are going to be some very surprised individuals soon, I said thoughtfully. I was certain the system had already plugged that workaround. I wonder if any non-sea individuals that are in the Summerlands, when that fix is hard-coded, will remain stranded there, or if they would be ejected as a waste product. I admit that the picture of Olympians and Asgardian shit piles being ejected from the Summerlands were personally satisfying. Okay, I gloated and shared a meme of what I was picturing with Karen. The image I projected of a few Olympians and Asgardians being shot out of the Summerlands as piles of excrement surprised a laugh out of Carid. To be safe, we probably should exit the Southern before you claim and encapsulate it, the Duchess suggested. I think we would be safe, simply moved to the surface entrance, but I'm not positive. Sithens are fiercely protective and might decide it's better to store us in limbo until it can be reseeded. There are no other native people? The Volar Fae in your house are all that were residing here? I asked, realizing it was something I should have worried about earlier. Yes, uh, no one else. If you had come earlier, you would have run into the Sealy and Kelpie team that visited periodically. Those tasked with collecting items and information. We had started to become concerned when they missed their last scheduled rendezvous. We weren't certain what had happened, she said. It was probably scheduled around the time that Lord Kell and Lady Patricia were discovered to be Olympian stooges and removed. Lord Hagen had to have had some warning that things were amiss. They were not surprised at Blaine's reappearance, and Lord Hagen remained inside the Elder Lodge, instead of confronting or welcoming Kelpie that had intruded on his lands. You should claim the Sithen after we exit, though, Duchess Wayne suggested. I placed the core as close to, on top of a ley line as I could. I knew it would need the energies, but I wasn't sure that was enough and I didn't have the resources of divine energy to fully actualize a mature being. You may find connecting and claiming the Sithen takes more energy and attention than you would expect. 
especially if you were going to have to supply the additional nourishment required to finalise the matured construct. The scythian must be fully adapted before you can have any hopes of moving its location. Her suggestions made sense. I decided to accept her advice, as well as monitoring the Volar Fae in relation to time. Only once the last of them had entered hibernation and would be protected and enfolded within the depths of the Scythern Seed would I consider it safe to proceed. In the meantime, I had the Duchess move her people to the entrance. We still weren't sure what was going on between System and Earth. The System announcement had been informative. The elderly and children, how advanced the rebuild and zone configuration had progressed didn't give information on the zone level we would find outside the Scythern. I thought it possible that CERN would be transformed as a cautionary tale for Earth's inhabitants and become a local dungeon. The seed for that design was already in place, easily repurposed by system while reordering an entire world. Seeding beasts, resources, and expanding landmasses Sometimes the path of least resistance was beneficial. Why bother creating a different dungeon when one already existed? Finally, the last of the Volar Fey entered sleep, and I was ready. Opening my system messages, I scrolled to the one I needed. Cern, Scythern, has adapted and wishes to bond with you. Do you wish to claim the Cern Scythern? Warning, failure to claim Scythern may result in Scythern destruction. Yes? No? Selecting yes, I barely made my choice when new information exploded. Information directly downloaded into my head. As I tried to process the new information, energies began transferring between the Scythern and I. Moving back and forth, creating a loop. The bond working towards establishing an equilibrium that was equitable for both. I wasn't so much claiming the Scythern as I was becoming the Scythern. No, that wasn't exactly right. I wasn't becoming the Scythern, more I was giving a part of my essence, joining with the Scythern to finalize the creation of a new and stable life form. My identity, my desires, merging with the Scythern's imperative to provide shelter and safety. Creating something new.